Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our lead pastor, Dr. Phil Willingham. Man, we're glad that you are here tonight. I want you to grab your your worship guide tonight. If you hopefully when you came in, you got one of these. If you didn't get one of these, hold your hand up. Somebody will bring you one real quickly. Kind of lets you be able to write down some things. It helps us to remember if we can write down some things. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about living with passion. Living with passion. You know, it's, it's, it's been said that, that momentum in a person's life, momentum in a business, momentum in anything is, is a great exaggerator. If you and I have momentum, it, it makes everything look better than sometimes what it is. If you don't have momentum, if, if you don't have something that's compelling you, oftentimes the obstacles, the difficulties, the struggles that you and I are facing, they look greater also. But, but when you and I think about when there's, when there's positive momentum, when there's something happening in our life or the lives around us, it, it, it's just like a vacuum. It starts pulling resources and, and talented people. And listen, God believes in momentum. Matter of fact, it's, it's an interesting thing. When you're reading the Old Testament, many times... When God's people was getting ready to go out to battle and they was getting ready to face the enemy, many times what they would do, they would gather together worshipers. They would get praisers together. They would send them out before the army was ever out there to fight. And they would use this, these praisers as, as going before the army to create the momentum in order that they might triumph and be victorious. So, so God is all about momentum. How do we live with passion in our life? There, there's so many things that we face in our world today that drains people. I mean, right now it's hot, and, and people get hot. If you're outside, people, I just feel like my energy is drained. I don't have any, any strength. And, and we understand what that is. But how many understand that sometimes there's an emotional energy drain that you and I face in our life today? There's circumstances and situations that we have going on in our life that if we're not careful, we start focusing upon them rather than focusing upon God. And when that happens, it drains our passion. It drains our momentum. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12. It's interested verses. Here, here's three verses I want to share with you out of Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1. And here's what the Bible said. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it, okay? Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasite sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Now watch this. He started the race, he finished the race. Now watch this. Look at this next. He said, study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. How many understand that's what gets some people in trouble? They lose sight of where they're going. You, you get so focused upon the moment, you forget about the future. Where are we headed? The Bible says he never lost sight, talking about Jesus, where he was headed. 
that exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. Talking about Jesus. That he will shoot, that, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Paul says, and most people think Paul wrote Hebrews, whoever wrote it, Paul says, listen, when you and I look at Christ and he becomes our model, you see how he did it. You, you see how he never lost sight of where he was headed and how that when we go over that story over and over, when we constantly remembering what happened, he said it shoots the dribbling into our souls. One translation said it, it puts us into a place of passion in which we will always try up and be victorious. Now, what's this? How many understands that you and I as Christ followers in this world today, we've been called to run this way. So not, not walk this race, not, not stroll in this race. Listen, you and I have been called to run this race. But not just to run a race, but to win the race. Come on, how many understand? We're, we're not just running to be running. We're not just running to see how far we can. No, we are running in order that we might win. And then Paul says here, he said, there are weights that we have to be careful of. There are things that can weigh us down. We have to remove those weights in order to achieve the spiritual momentum that we're going after. And what happens is the scripture talks about that laying aside weights and the sin that easily beset us. One translation says that in this passage. And I'm, I'm, most of us understand that, that we, sometimes we can identify things, but we, we don't know how to navigate through that thing. And, and when you and I begin to understand that God has called us to a race, he, He's called us to move out in momentum. I, I gave you a working definition of momentum. It's best described. Momentum is a moving force that overcomes resistance. It's a moving force. The amount of momentum determines the impact on an object or, or to make another object. In other words, most of us know uh, Newton's first law of motion, right? We've heard about it. Uh, unless acted on by a force, an object at rest will what? Will stay at rest or an object in motion will stay in motion. We, we understand that. In, in other words, unless something or someone does something to change things, something that is stationary will stay stationary. Or something that is moving will continue to move. That's what momentum is. Momentum is a moving force that overcomes resistance, that enables us to keep moving forward so that we can be able to triumph and not allow the things of life to, to, to beat us down. So what's the, 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 the ultimate way that I've discovered in my life? How do I keep that momentum going on? We see, again, we see all these things that happen. We see all the, the negative things. Let, let me tell you, the, the, the media today is the Bible for the fearful. Let me just, well, you, 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 listen, the media today, the, the news media today is the Bible for the fearful. Some people say, well, I can't read the Bible every day. Well, you watch the news every day. 
And what happens is the news, the media, whether it be radio or TV, listen, it has become the Bible of the fearful. We, we listen to this stuff. We hear that stuff. We see this stuff. And I'm not, I'm not denying the things that's ha- happening or not happening. But what happens, it moves us into a place of fear rather than into a place of faith. How many understands God operates by faith? The devil operates by fear, right? Come on. He operates. God wants us living by faith, not living by fear. So it's the, the, the ultimate way to regain momentum in my life is passion. Because passion helps fuel and make anything that, that we're attempting, it puts us into a place where we can see success. Obstacles and, and difficulties can arise. But listen, when we have passion, it, it helps us find the answers to what we need and ultimately get us moving forward. When, when you think about creativity, when you think about things that happen in our world today, every, every great art piece, every, every great piece of music, the dramas that we watch, the literature, listen, all the one of those things come about by passion. Passion is what creates greatness. When you look at the life of Jesus, when you look at what he did when he was both on this earth for 33 and a half years, the Bible says for the joy that was set before him, he kept looking towards the end. What was it? It was that passion to do the will of his father. He wanted to fulfill what God had asked him to do. Passion is what creates greatness in our life. Listen, I, I, I think that I put this in, you know, nothing great is ever accomplished without passion. And nothing great is ever sustained without passion. You understand that? You, you'll never accomplish anything great without passion. You won't sustain anything great. Passion is what enables us to be able to move forward. Passion is what mobilizes an army into battle. I was listening to one of the missionaries talk about Ukraine and talk about the people there and how they were, how they were supposed to be outnumbered and outmanned and out this and out that from Russia. And again, well, I don't care. I don't know what side of the battle that you're on in that whole story. And I'm not trying to do politics here. But listen, when you see how that Ukraine army, it mobilized. It was the passion to defend their nation. It was the passion to say, no, listen, we, we refuse to go back the way it was. Oh, you follow me? It was passion. You, you look at scientists today, that they're, they're working hard to find cures of diseases. And, and you know what motivates most scientists? is passion. It's the passion to get rid of this disease. Passion is what motivates us and pushes that forward. It causes us, it energizes us for the things of life. Matter of fact, if, if, if you and I don't have some passion going on in our life, guess what? We're boring. Hello? We're boring. You, you ever been around somebody that just don't care? And they have no get up and go. Their get up and go has got up and gone. Come on. They, they didn't have no passion about what to do. Listen, when, when you and I have no passion, we live a routine, very dull life. And I go so far as to say, if we don't have passion in our life, we're not living. We're just existing. We're just sucking up air. We're just taking up space. God made us to live with passion. He made us to, to live with this, this energy and this enthusiasm. Why? Because we have one that has gone before us. His name is Jesus. He's already triumphed over the enemy, folks. He's already showed us the way to victory. He's always demonstrated to us that we can be overcomers and not be overcome. He wants us to have that. 
John, John 10, Jesus said, my purpose is to give life. He said, I wanted John 10 and 10. He said, I've come to give you life. I've come to give you passion. I come, I come to give you a life that is full, a full life and a full living. Look, look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. The kind of life that God wants us to live, enjoy it. Listen, he says this, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual favor serving the Lord. The message version of that says, don't burn out, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the, the master. You, you understand that so many people don't enjoy life because they don't live a life of passion. Yeah, I, you know, I, we, we was just down there and we was talking a few weeks ago, you know, in back of ministry and you talk to people. I mean, I'm talking about Christ followers, believers, and they say, man, how you doing? How, how's things going? Well, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. You ever hear people say, I'm doing pretty good under the circumstances. You know, listen, if, if we're Christ followers, what are we doing under the circumstances? Hello? We should be on top of it. Hey, I'm not denying circumstances, but again, I have one that has showed me the way to victory and the triumph. That there's a whole lot of things that God wants to do in our life and through our life. But we have to understand, it's how do I keep that passion moving? How do I keep myself getting to the point where I'm keeping my eyes upon Jesus Christ himself? And, uh, you know, not long ago, we, we had a celebration, and we had balloons and, and uh, there at the church, and the balloons had helium in them, and, uh, you know, some of the balloons broke loose, and they, they got way up, you know, at that Valpo campus, we're about 30 feet up there, and the balloons was way up there. We don't have a lift to go that high, and, uh, you know, I like things to look nice and neat, and, and you know, we come in on Sunday morning, and, and uh, you know, they were still there, and I said, man, look at these, what are we going to do? And Rhonda said, listen, Pastor said, just calm down. I said, Listen, they, and just give them, a, give them a few hours, give them a, maybe a few days. Every one of those balloons is just going to sink down to the bottom. She says once they lose their uh, helium, once they lose what, what's kept them up there, they're going to just sink down. And sure enough, the next morning, Monday morning we came back, they were all on the floor. They, they lost their altitude because they, they just started fizzling out. And I, and I thought, you know what, this is the way a lot of people are. That's where a lot of, a lot of people, they, they, they come to Christ, they, they get excited, they start out with a lot of energy, they start out with a lot of excitement, but all of a sudden, what happens? They fizzle out. Something happens. Come on, something, something occurs in their life. Something goes wrong in their life, and they just fizzle out. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at this verse. God, God called us to live with a life of passion, of venture, uh, uh, of venture and energy. He says this, the evidence of Christ has been clearly verified in your lives. Now, what's this? Just think, you don't need a thing. You've got it all. Now, just stop right there just for a second. Just think about if, if we truly believe that Christ Jesus has everything that we need. Listen, that, that in Christ Jesus, our lives have been verified in our life. He said, you don't need anything. You've got it all. And then he says, all God's gifts are right in front of you. As if you won't wait expectantly for our master Jesus to arrive on the scene of the finale. And not only that, but God himself is right along uh, alongside to keep you steady and on track until things are all wrapped up by Jesus. We got everything. But he didn't stop. Look, look at verse 9. God 
who got you started. Now listen, circle these next two words. God who got you started in this spiritual adventure. Woo! You see that? Shares with us the life of his son and our master Jesus. He will never get up, give up on you. Never forget that. Listen, God's will for our life is a spiritual adventure. Don't just stop thinking about that. Well, we're journey, we're, we're pilgrims, we're just passing through this world. And you know, this world's not my home. I'm looking back. All of that's true. But is this a journey that you see as a spiritual adventure? Or do you see it something mundane and boring? And you're just suffering and enduring till you get through this life. Listen. The life that God plans for us isn't mundane or boring. The Bible says it's adventurous. Everybody say adventurous. It's adventurous living. Somebody said, yeah, well, you don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. But with God, we know who's going to be there every day. The uncertainty isn't in Him. The uncertainty is in what life gives us. But if I stay connected to God, I stay in relationship with Him, I keep my passion alive with Him, it doesn't matter what today brings for me, I know, hey God, this is going to be an adventurous trip. Come on, have you ever got up to a day and you thought, I got my plans, I got my calendar, I know how everything's going to turn out. One phone call changes it. True. One phone call can wreck your morning if you don't say, wait a minute, God, this is an adventure I'm on. I had my plans that I thought this was going to, but now this adventure has brought something new. The Bible says, God says, I'm going to be with you, and I will be with you when? He said, I'll be with you all the time. I'm never going to leave you. And the thing that we have to, we have to battle with today in our culture is we, we have to battle doubt and stop not believing that God is with us. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how we feel. God says, I'm going to be there to help you. I'm going to be there to sustain you in your life. So what's this? I want to, I want to give you three quick things. How do, we, how do we live with this passion? How do we build this momentum in our life? Number one is we live a life of purpose. Everybody say purpose. Listen, when we don't know our purpose for life, the surefire way of killing our passion is to go through life not understanding why I'm here and what God wants to do in my life. Because a life without purpose is a life that, that simply says, well, why bother? You know, why, why, why get up in the morning? Why make an effort? Why, why get out of bed? Why, why, why try to do anything? Listen, the difference between success and failure in anybody, between a life of, that we dream of and a life that we dread, is whether or not we're living with a clear sense of purpose. When we don't know God's purpose for our life, what happens is we start drifting in apathy and we don't care. Listen, we're, 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 listen write this down. Rather, rather than going through life by design, we go through the life by default. You see people that get, rather than living their lives, God, this is how you designed me. You, you knew my steps. You ordered my steps. I'm loving you. I'm trusting you. I'm living my life by design. I'm not in default mode. That this is, I refuse to believe I'm living God's plan C or D for my life. I've got to believe every day I'm on God's plan, and this is plan A. 
Hello? Maybe I didn't design it that way. Hey, listen, if you, if you don't follow anybody on Facebook, you ought to follow Dan. Dan, you ought to follow. Dan puts out so many. Yeah, thank you, Dan. He puts out so many inspirational thoughts every day. And listen, Dan is living a life today that, listen, I guarantee you 20 years ago, he never thought, well, this will be, this will be my lot in life to go this way. And it could have been easy for him to get bitter, but he said, you know what? I choose to get better with this thing. He lives every day by design. God, I know you're doing something. I know you're doing something in me. I know you're doing something for me. But ultimately, you're doing something through me. And I'm telling you, Dan, you're being a great witness to a lot of people. There's people that will listen and and follow you on that Facebook and see some of your inspirational stuff because of your background and your dad's background. They will listen to you that they wouldn't listen to a preacher like me. Hello, that's a word from the Lord right there. So what's this? Look at Isaiah 49 and 4. Isaiah said this, I've labored to no purpose at all. I spent my strength in vain for nothing. Listen, Isaiah, listen, if we're not careful, if we start living our life with no purpose, we end up living the way Isaiah said at this portion, at this moment in his life. I've labored to no purpose at all. I spent my strength in vain for nothing. Listen, the more purpose we have, the more, the more drive, the more passion that we have, more we come, and the more momentum, the more momentum that we have when we live our lives and we live off of purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have a clear purpose. There's people here tonight in this room. Listen, God has designed your life. Listen, by, we make our choices and our choices make us. Yeah, we live, we live out of our choices of yesterday. We're living them today. But listen, you've also got to believe that God is working in your life and God is designing stuff in your life that I don't care everything that the devil meant for your evil, for your bad, for your destruction, God can turn it around and he's going to get good out of it. So decide to live by prayer. Secondly, now what's this? Secondly, we have to learn to resolve conflict. And what's this? You, 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 listen, when, when you've got conflict with somebody in your life and it's not settled, let me tell you, it just steals your passion. It, it just steals your energy for today or tomorrow or what God wants to do. And, and what happens is when, when, when you have conflict going on and there's struggles going on in your life, it's, it's just like trying to drive a vehicle and you got a flat tire. Our, our, our attitude immediately, immediately just goes flat. When, when we have conflict in our life and, and we're, not, we're not getting along with people in our life, all of a sudden we find ourselves that nothing seems like it fits. So write this down. If you want to keep momentum alive, keep your relationships healthy. You understand that? It's important. One of the things that Satan works hard on today is how can I divide and how can I conquer? He does it with marriages. He does it with family members. He does it with churches. He does it with friendships. How can I divide people? How can I get them in conflict? Job 5 and 2 says this, resentment destroys the fool and jealousy kills the simple. Listen, circle that, resentment and jealousy. Those are two passion killers. Resentment, allowing someone to continue to hurt you over something long ago in your past. 
Listen, they, 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 may have, they may have been put out of the picture as far as relationship. You might not see them. They might even be dead. Listen, I know some people, they're still being hurt by somebody that's in the tomb already. Simply because they're holding on to resentment. They're still hurting us. The Bible says in Job 18 and 4, you're only hurting yourself with your anger. You're only hurting yourself with your anger. You ever notice that when you're angry at somebody, oftentimes they don't even know you're angry at them. And they're, they're going on with their life. They're doing their own thing. And they're happy. And there you are. You're all messed up. Because listen, they, they have no idea that somehow or another they're still living in your rented, rented space right here in your mind. And listen, if we're going to keep our relationships healthy, healthy, we have to make sure we resolve our conflict. We have to make sure that somehow or another the enemy doesn't move in in some fashion or some form and make us live in resentment or jealousy in our lives. And listen, when you and I do that, our passion is there. That's why forgiveness is so important. That's why we have to, have to, to make a step to say, God, I, I, I refuse to keep this in my hands. I'm going to put it in your hands. I tell people all the time, forgiveness isn't, isn't saying that, that that person is not wrong. Forgiveness is not saying that, that somehow or another that, that, that what that person did wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't hurtful or, or destructive to you. Forgiveness is just simply saying, you know what, God, I take my hands off of this and I trust you that you're going to deal with this. I'm going to move on with my life. I'm, I'm going to look to the future, not look into the past. I forgive them, Lord, now they're in your hands. I, I can't hold it in my heart anymore because why? Because I, I just refuse to allow that to see to me. Why? Because when it does, it steals my passion. I don't have any energy to do anything. Listen, I know some people, they struggle. God blesses them with brand new relationships in their life because old relationships didn't work out. They get brand new relationships, and instead of them enjoying brand new relationships, they're always measuring this relationship by that last relationship. Well, they did this and they did that. I got to be careful. I better guard myself. No, listen, trust God. Ask God to give us strength to let it go. You with me? Listen, two more real quickly. Number, number, number three, it's just we have to apply truth to our lives. Listen, unapplied truth is when you know the right thing to do, but you keep putting it off. You keep procrastinating. When this happens, we're going to lose our passion. One of the biggest mistakes that many people make is confusing with knowing what to do and doing what we know to do. You follow me? Some, some people, listen, they, they know what to do, but they don't do. Listen, some people think because I know something, I've mastered it. We haven't. We Listen, you may know it, you may understand it, you may explain it, you may share it, but if you haven't done it and you're not doing it, it really isn't inside of you yet. That makes sense? You have to apply that truth. I'm going to talk about that in just a few weeks. About Jesus said, how come you don't do what I ask you to do? We've all asked that as parents for our kids, haven't we? Listen, there's a lot of things in this book that I know. There's a lot of things. Listen, but I don't really know them until I start doing them. I practice them. 
I don't really know the spiritual truth till I apply that truth. I act upon that truth. I obey that truth. I put it in the practice. And when I do that, listen, when I do that, it starts changes the way I think. It starts changing the way I feel. It starts changing the way I react. And it starts changing the way I relate to other people around me. And these changes, listen, begin, what do they do? They start building the passion. They start building that energy back. Look at 2 Peter 1 and 5. Make every effort. Everybody say, make every effort to go to church, to listen to the pastor. Is that what it says? No. Make every effort to what? To apply the benefits of God's promises to your life. Then your faith will produce a life of moral excellence which leads to knowing God better. Listen, Peter says, make every effort to apply that. What, what, what does that mean? It takes effort to do that. Some people can go to Bible study, they can read the Bible, they can sit in the Bible study, but listen, they won't give the effort to do what the Bible says. We can come and we can sit, we can listen, but the hardest part is when I have to act upon it. So what do I have to do? I have to make every effort. Not in myself, but in the power that Christ gives me. Why? Because he's my example. He's the one that, he. remember what he said? Keep your eyes upon him. And listen, when you and I do that, listen, it's, it's not knowing that changes us. It's the doing that changes us. It's not knowing. Some people are ever learning, but never doing. Hello? Ever learning. It's the reason why I want to challenge you. Come in. Listen, I love this. I love us together. I love to be in a big room. I love to worship with you. But listen, this whole gathering here tonight is not just about us hearing something and us knowing something. It's can we take this and go out in this broken world? And can we do something about it? I love that. Let, let, me, let, me, let me go to my last point. Come on, I'm going to run out of time. Listen, the, the, the last point is just simply this. Let me, let me give you James 4.17 real quick. James 4.17. Anyone who knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, it is sinning. Now, now we, we, think, we think sin is doing bad things. But according to James 4.17, sin can actually be not doing the thing that we know to do. You follow me? Sin can actually be me not forgiving the way God says forgive. Me not exercising compassion the way God. Sin can actually, if I know to do something and I don't do it, James said it's sin. So what happens is we, what we find ourselves in, in, in places where we, we, we're not experiencing the passion the way that God wants us to do. One more last thing. We have to express faith. We have to express our faith. Express faith creates passion with us. Now, again, it's one thing to come here and say, oh, I know God's got a purpose for me. It's one thing to come here and say, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my focus upon him. I'm trusting in him. But listen, Ephesians 4.17 said, let our lives lovingly express. Everybody say express. Express truth in all the things, speaking truly, dealing truly, Living truly. Listen, Paul says this. He says we were made to do what? To express truth. 
to express our faith. See, God has a message that he wants to say to this world through everybody in this room. And I truly believe it's a unique message that, that only you can share because it's a message God wants to speak through you. It's your life message. And if you're alive and your heart is beating, listen, God has a message that he wants to say to this broken world through you. And if you don't share it, if you don't express it, two things happen. Number one, the world gets cheated. You understand that? If, if, you don't, if you don't express, if you don't share what God has done and what God is doing in your life, if you don't share it, listen, nobody else is going to share it. I, I, can give you, I can give you tidbits of what I know God's done in Dan's life, but listen, when he expresses it, when he shares it the way he does, listen, that's the way the world gets the message. And when he doesn't do it, the world gets cheated. But here's the second thing. When you don't share what God's doing, you lose your passion. Because listen, you, you and I were, were, were made for more than just taking in something. We were made to be channels, to flow out. Matter of fact, write this down. Expression or impression without expression leads to depression. Let me say that again. Impression without expression leads to depression. What does that mean? Listen, if you and I come to church and we learn the truths of God's word and we don't act upon them, we don't apply them, but ultimately if we don't pass them on, if we, if we don't, if we don't uh, give them out to somebody else, if we don't express them to somebody else, listen, what happens is we're going to go stagnant. And that's what happens to a lot of people in church. I, I was trying to figure this thing out. Why in the high in the world could a person come to Christ get born again, get radically transformed, start going to church and die right in the church. And I see it happen all the time. People become statues in a church. Oh, I go to church every Sunday. I'm there every day. But, but listen, when, when you and I are not expression, when we've had this impression from God, when he's made an impression on our life, and we don't express it, and we don't share it, we don't testify to it. People say, well, people get tired of me telling my story. I don't care if they get tired. Tell it anyway. There's going to be somebody that needs to hear it again and again and again. There's going to be somebody that's never heard it the first time. But when we don't express it, we get depressed. We lose our joy. We lose our passion. If we want to stay fresh, if we want to stay vital, if we want to stay alive, look at Psalms 96 and 2. Come on, Amber. Psalms 96. He said, day after day, announce that the Lord saves his people. Tell people about his glory. Tell, the all, tell all the nations about his miracles. You know what the key word there is tell. Look at your neighbor and say, tell. 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 Tell the people. Again, let me read it. Listen. Tell day after day. Announce. Make an announcement. Hey, I got an announcement. The Lord saves his people. Tell the people about his glory. The glory of the Lord that can fill a house. The glory of the Lord that can fill a temple. Tell the people and tell all nations about His miracles. 
Tell them about his miracles. We was down in Kentucky. We, we, we saw some people. We, we ministered in that area 28 years ago, 20, 29, 30 years ago. And there were so many. I used to preach revivals. Ron and I did preach revivals all over that, all over that Kentucky area. You know how it is, and uh, I say all the time, man, I just need a journal. And I, I, I love to write sometimes, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not big on journaling stuff. But somebody come up to me and said, hey, Pastor Phil, do you remember when? And they started telling me, said, remember one Sunday night we was in this church, and you sent me to the corner of this building? And you sent somebody else to the corner of that building. You said, and said that night you started talking and you started prophesying that out of the four corners of this facility, that all Western Kentucky was going to be shaken and all people was going to use this. This was going to become a revival center to just lift up the brokenhearted. I forgot about that. And that lady stood there, that young girl, she said, I was just a teenager then. And she said, all the things that I went through in my life and my mom had passed away and all this. She said, there was times that, that that's, what, that's what I held on to. I held on to the fact that God hadn't forsaken us and God hadn't left us and God was about to do the miraculous in our lives. Listen, we have to tell the story. The, the, the most happiest, most joyful people I know are people that are always talking about God. You don't have to be a Bible expert. You don't have to know the difference between a post-trib or pre-trib or mid-trib. The key to keeping your passion is just pass it on principle. Tell somebody what God is doing in your life. Tell God how God has blessed you and your family. Tell the story of how you've been brought out of those struggles. You've been brought out of the darkness. Brother, remind us we're going, we're coming back from a meeting one time. We, we was living in Hopkinsville, and we, we, we just went to this meeting, and we, we had very little money and just barely enough. We thought we had enough gas to get home. We get on the penny rail. We're probably 30 miles from home, and the car just quits, run out of gas. So the hand's on empty, and I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I don't have a dollar in my pocket. And she said, I said, what are we going to say? Well, I, gotta say, I guess I got to walk. And, you know, I knew some people probably 30 miles away. I, that was before cell phones, you know. You couldn't call somebody. So she said, but before you walk, she said, why don't you go back there and why don't you, why don't you take the gas cap off off and, let, and leave the gas lid open? And she said, why don't you just pray and ask God to just let us be able to get this car back home? Now, most of the time I would say, what a modern woman of faith. Of, I mean, that's just, I looked at her, I said, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Take the gas cap off, let it. She looked at me and she said, you have two options. Do what I'm asking you to do or start walking 30 miles. So I said, you know what? I love this lady. I think she might. So I went back there, took the lid off. Put it, put it in the trunk, open, open the little flap, and I said, Lord, I don't know how. I don't know even if it's possible, but we need some fuel. We got to get 30 miles. We need this thing to crank up. And lo and behold, got back in the car. That Chrysler Cordova is what we was driving. I cranked it right up. I looked at her, and she didn't smile. She said, let's go home. And we got all the way home. 
Dustin, she reminded me of that story when we were out. She said, you, you start going back, and I'm thinking, man, can I tell you, God did some amazing things, I guarantee, in every one of our lives. Come on, stand. I got to quit. I got to quit. I'm out of time. We have to keep passing it on. How serious are you about our keeping your passion? It doesn't just happen. It takes effort. First Timothy 4 said, take the time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. I believe that. We have to live off a, pers- a, a purpose. We have to resolve the conflict in our lives. Keep, keep a clean slate. Tell people all the time, the secret, the secret to a lasting relationship isn't your ability to forget. It's your ability to forgive. The secret to a relationship isn't our ability to Listen, we are humans. We can still remember. But we forgive. And when you forgive, you refuse to allow that to hinder your relationship. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.